Welcome, everyone. Back to the Health Chronicles podcast with myself, Hidal, and Fatu. We have um, an exciting guest with us today, um, Leif, who is a kidney donor um, and current occupation as a firefighter and arson investigator um, all the way in Colorado, and actually a friend of our former guest and author, Mimi Kroger. So really great to have you with us, Leif, and just very, very excited um, to hear your story um, and just to understand how life has been for you um, post-kidney donation. So welcome. Hi, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. So Leif, um, just to first kick us off, um, just to share a little bit about how, um, you know, you, you said that you've been a long-term, really close friend of Mimi, um, and you've known her for uh, for a while, it sounds like, um, but just thinking through about how, how that conversation started between you and Mimi in terms of um, donating um, your, your spare, your kidney um, to Mimi, how did that conversation start, and what did the process look like for you um, then? Okay. Um, yeah, it was, I've known Mimi for about 15 years. Uh, she was a good friend of mine and a very good friend of my wife's. Um, my wife is Vicky. And she, so we found out that Mimi had lupus. Uh, and quite honestly, I didn't know what that entailed. Uh, but uh, fast forward a few years and uh, sh- she told us that she's, was going to have to go start going on dialysis. Um, and so that's when I found out that it, that it was attacking her kidney. Um, she had a, so it, it kind of came out that they, they advised her to look for a live donor. Uh, that was something that I'd always been very interested in. Um, I, even from the time I was a kid, I remember hearing it was possible and I always thought, that's crazy. And I thought, you know, that's, that's something I would consider doing. And, um, so she, she, uh, she had another friend who, uh, was lined up to be a donor for her and, uh, went through most of the process and then, uh, everything, it, it sort of fell apart, which is apparently quite common. So anybody who has that happen to them, don't be overly discouraged. It, it's a, common happening is my understanding uh for whatever reason her her donor just couldn't do it and um so she was very distraught she was in the hospital and uh my wife went and i went to go visit her and i had talked to my wife a little bit about it and when i saw her there i just said you know i'm gonna test and i hadn't done any of the pre-tests or anything so we had no idea whether it'd be a match but i said i'm gonna test but i can tell you this if I test and we're approved, I won't back out. That's, that was what I promised her. And so that's kind of how that all came in line. And uh, so, yeah, I went home that day and got online and filled out, filled out uh, the form to start uh, doing the test. So do you mean by the form that there was something offered to you, like at a hospital, for example, or did you go on the uh, donate life website, for example? Um, I'm trying to remember Mimi is, you know, this was seven years ago, so it's a little fuzzy and it was, it was, it was a weird time in our lives. So, um, I think she gave us a number. Maybe I didn't go online, but perhaps I called my wife is trying to help me remember. Um, and yes, and, uh, I did the preliminary screening there and then, then 
I got through that part and then they asked me to come in for some additional testing. Okay. And then when you were younger, it seems like you, you, you were kind of drawn to be a donor. Was there any like donor, you know, experience like in your family, for example, or kind of what sparked that? Did you see that in a movie or, you know, what was, what was that, you know, like as a child? Cause being a child, it's, I think it's sometimes hard to grasp a, a lot of these big, huge, um, moment. So did you feel that there was something that inspired you, for example? I have to be honest. I, I just had heard about it and I just thought it was so fascinating that a person who was alive could donate something and, and, and still be okay. And at that time it was, it was a relatively young procedure and, and was considered quite a bit more dangerous. Um, it's, it's, it's significantly less dangerous now. Um, but uh, I don't know what it was. I mean, my mom, my, I'm sorry, my wife, uh, you know, she tells me it's divine intervention. She said that God put it in my heart at that point in my life. And yeah. I can't argue with that. I think that's very possible. Yeah, I feel like it came full circle probably years later, but it was say, that same interest, what sparked your interest when you're a child, that like now you have this real life opportunity to give something to um, a friend of yours so was there any fear after that initial conversation of just doing the, the rundown of like, okay, what is your, you know, lifestyle like, how was your health? Like just the preliminary conversations. Honestly, for me, um, the fear was of being rejected. I, I, once I had made up my mind, kind of that kind of person, I, you know, once I'd made up my mind, I, then I decided I was not only going to not back away, but I was going to fight for it as, as hard as possible. And that actually uh, later became very necessary. Uh, I, they, they had asked two times to maybe uh, take me off the list. So. Oh, wow. Was there any particular reason why? Is it because they felt like you were healthy and was it necessary? Like what would be their reasoning? Well, the first time was, was relatively benign in essence. Um, I was, as, as you probably know, the, the donor goes in for quite a few different tests, a lot of blood tests, things like that. And they'd, yeah. they'd asked me to come into the hospital uh, to, to, I can't even remember which test it was at this point, but when you go in, they always take your blood pressure and, and uh, your vitals. And my blood pressure was elevated at that, on that day, because we were having, we, my uh, fire department has a arson investigator seminar that we run every year. And it's a bit stressful because we help facilitate it. So I'd had a ton of coffee, all kinds, you know, and uh, so my blood pressure was elevated that day. And they called me later that day and said, you know, that's, that's beyond our parameters. We can't, we can't have a donor with that, that the high of blood pressure. And I said, well, I've had my blood pressure taken many times before and it wasn't that high. Yeah, we understand. I said, well, what do I have to do to, you know, stay on the list? And they said, well, you can wear a 24 hour blood pressure monitor, which is like a little belt with a little compressor and then yeah. a blood pressure thing on your arm. And, and if those results are okay, we can keep you on the list. So I went, I, the good news was the hospital was only a couple miles from where our seminar was. I went down, I got that hooked up and went straight back to class. So the funny part was it all fits under your clothing. Nobody knew, but every once in a while in the middle of class, about every half an hour, you know, this thing goes yeah. running and everybody's looking around. Oh, yeah. I just looked around <laughs> with them. But anyway, that ended up being okay. And that, and that was the, they said, okay, you're fine. 
And, you know, cause I had explained it all that I'd had a bunch of coffee and things and, and, uh, they, they said, okay, we can keep you on the list at that point. So that wow. was, that was the first, that was the first hurdle. It just seems like this is just like a comment that I want to make is that it almost is like a discouraging process. Like they're trying to like put you through the ringer and be like, can you survive? <laughs> and then we'll like see if you can really survive when you actually get the, the surgery done. It just seems like really extensive and taxing. It, it, it definitely did feel like that sometimes we, it was, it was trying. Um, and, and I do think that they really want to make sure that you want to do this. Um, and they, and they definitely look into what your motivations are a bit, um, you know, and uh, so there was definitely many, many times. And I think that that's why sometimes you have people drop out in the middle of the process. Um, there's just many times that you have the, the opportunity to second guess and, and to drop out if that's, and if that's really, if it's not really in your heart to do it, I, I, it's very easy to just let it go because it is, it's a strenuous process. Absolutely. And I mean, I think, um, looking at it from a different point of view, it's comforting to know that the, um, pre-transplant process for a donor is quite stringent um like you're explaining it because it just shows that you know they're making their what they want to be 100 and even 10 percent sure that you can survive the surgery and that life will be normal for you after surgery like if they find anything during that process then um i kept telling my brother um, when he was going through the donation process this is like it was a like a free um very like intense like checkup for you and if you're um set up to donate that means that you your health is impeccable like you are like super healthy to do this um and that's just comforting for anyone to know um as you go through that you know um and that they take it that seriously absolutely and and that's the other thing, I mean, the, the doctors will absolutely take it out of your hands if they feel like for any reason, and, and, and you go through this huge process and it takes a couple months and, uh, and if for whatever, and then they take it, at least at my hospital, um, which is university in Denver, uh, they, they take it before a board of doctors and they all basically vote, uh, you know, what do you think about this guy? And, uh, and, uh, you know, fortunately it worked out yeah, uh, in our favor that it, that, that was the case, but there were, there were some other, you know, quite a few other hurdles that you had to go through. Wow. What an amazing thing you, you know, were able to do for me. I want to know though, was there like a cost of being a donor? And, um, you know, if so, does it go through your insurance or is there like another private way of um, going through a bet? So in our case, uh, Mimi's insurance paid the entire cost. Um, so there was no, no financial cost for the, uh, the surgery, anything like that. I didn't receive any medical bills at all. And as a matter of fact, Amazing. you get follow-up medical treatment, uh, as part of the entire thing for a year afterwards, uh, you go in for a couple and then actually it's a couple years, but I think I went in a, after a couple months, a couple times. And then, uh, I think the next year I went in for another checkup and then they said, okay, you look like you're doing great. You settled into it. No problem. Uh, the only, the only real cost to us was, um, I had to take time off of work, uh, for about a month. Uh, and that, uh, you know, and I, the, I have the benefit of having a, a really good job for, as far as benefits and I get sick time from them. 
and I was able to use my my sick time for that. Uh, so the only real cost was I get paid out for my sick time if I don't use it, and I didn't get paid out for it. But we consider that absolutely worth it in our uh, in our position. Oh, of course, absolutely. That's amazing. Wow. How about if there's um, if there's any you know, God forbid, of course, if there's any like complications, would Mimi's insurance also cover that? Um, like anything related to the kidney? Um, immediate, if it was, a, my understanding was, and I, I didn't really have this, you know, uh, face me because I didn't have any major complications except for immediately after the surgery. Uh, but um, they would take care of it you know, within that year time frame is my understanding. And then it was kind of up to my insurance. I have reasonably good insurance. So uh, that was okay. Uh, but uh, I think after, I believe it was after that year, then it was kind of up to my insurance from there. Okay, I see. And that's, that's a pretty fair situation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, like I said, I'm, I, I feel very fortunate to have good health insurance. So um, yeah because of that, you know, it made it a much easier decision to make. Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember through, um, for my, for my brother as well, um, my insurance, which was Medicaid at that time covered, um, the whole process for my brother. Um, exactly. Like you said, life, even, even that like initial, um, like six or six to 12 months or so. Um, and he actually had more, checkups and appointments than I did to, at some point. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, just a little patience here and there, but yeah. The whole thing, we didn't pay, I don't think a nickel, not a thing. Yeah. So that was, that's very nice. Yeah, it is. It's, it's comforting. And, but like you said, you know, there's other expenses as um, taking time off, travel, um, lodging, if you need, if you want to stay closer to the hospital. Um, and uh, I know that some hospitals offer um, certain, um, or they refer you to certain um, foundations that can help cover those payments. Um, yes. Happy to share those um, with um, for anyone who's interested who's listening to this. Um, but I do remember that we had applied for quite a few um, on behalf of uh, my brother and um, and that it went through and that helped with um, rent and transportation and even just getting caretakers um, because at that time it was just my mom that was taking care of me and my brother after surgery. And so just even... Um, having the expenses of um, bringing in my sister to, t um, to help uh, my mom with that, uh, for example, um, that was covered through, through the, that foundation. So there's that also extra support to take care of um, the costs that we don't, re you, we don't really think about when it comes to outside of um, medical um, situations. But I wonder, um, Leish, just as I was thinking through that, how, um, how did your wife, how did your family, your close friends, your colleagues take it when, um, when you decided to push, uh, go through with donating your kidney to Mimi? Well, that, this is where the interesting part of our story kind of hits. Um, so my, my wife is extremely supportive of of my stuff always and not just because she's sitting here uh she she you know we we uh she was she was very supportive of it uh she loved her friend and uh we we talked about it i didn't just spring it on her um which helps um the the hard part about the story is is that um approximately well when i had made the decision it was only only about six months i'm not even sure even that long after after our daughter had passed away and um, who was two and a half, her name was Carly, and she was amazing. Oh, I'm sorry for your loss. Sorry for I know loss. that was a while ago, but And still. yes, 
And um, so that became part of the conversation very quickly um, because, um, and, and it was a concern to the hospital and the doctors as well, because we were very open with them about it. Um, Mimi was at the hospital with us, with Carly when she passed away. Uh, so, wow. uh, and we had, uh, part of the story was, is that when we found out that she was, our daughter wasn't going to be viable anymore, um, we, we had, they asked us if we would be okay if she was an organ donor. Um, we made that difficult decision uh, to, that yes, we would like her to be that. And then Vicki asked very specifically if her kidneys could go to Mimi. Uh, they oh, said wow. they, they thought that maybe that could work out. Uh, unfortunately, and through a weird turn of circumstances, she got a, a bad HIV test, a bad, a false positive HIV test. Um, she had no, no risk factors or anything, but, um, you know, as, as tests sometimes happen, they, they, they do that. Yeah. Um, she, uh, so they took her, they said, we can't do, can't have her be a donor for anything. Uh, so that, that had fallen through. So as part of it was, uh, part of my decision was, is that if, if we, I would stand in for my daughter. So that was part of how my family got involved with it. My uh, older daughter, who she's 26 now, she was, uh, she was 18 at the time, uh, was, was supportive of it, but she was, she was obviously scared that, uh, I would be another loss. So that was something we all had to talk about. Yeah. It sounds like almost through the process of grief, then you're, you, you came to this decision. What was your mental health state like? And was that of a concern when the doctors were talking to you, knowing that your daughter had just recently passed and just going through this traumatic experience of getting this false positive HIV test and like that kind of spiraling? Um, what what was your mental health state like? And was that a concern? You know, I I was very clear. I felt very clear. The doctors were concerned, um, you know, and this is obviously a very unique case for them as well. Um, they were concerned, you know, is this some weird way that I was trying to hurt myself? And, you know, I had, and, and so they, they called and said, we can't go forward and, unless you are willing to come in and sit in front of a board of psychologists and psychiatrists. And uh, that angered me actually a bit because I thought, well, I, you know, I don't know why this is necessary. You know, I've done so much already. Uh, but we agreed because I, you know, I'd made that promise. And uh, so uh, my wife went in with me and they, and we said, well, she can step out. They said, no, she can stay. So she sat in there with me and, and they asked some questions and, and, and their concerns were valid. They just wanted to know why, what, what prompted that. Uh, so I was just very honest with them. Um, as I just told you, you know, um, about the, the, the bad test and everything else. And, but, uh, that, you know, yes, this had absolutely nothing to do with, with, uh, me trying to hurt myself. It was, it was simply just that I was trying to help out a friend and that we really didn't want to see another death. Uh, Mimi didn't have a lot of time. Um, and, uh, so, you know, it was important to us and they, luckily they agreed. 
That's amazing. Do you feel like after that moment that there was a sense of relief and did it pretty, like, was it almost like a domino effect where everything then happened pretty quickly afterwards, like after that conversation, or do you feel like there was still a lot of time in between that conversation than actually having the surgery? They, it was a huge relief at the time. Uh, and that was one of the last things we did. I was pretty well approved physically. Um, and uh, so basically it kind of came down to that and then it went to the board. And, and uh, so it was pretty quick after that, I was approved as a donor. Like you, you are, you guys are slated for the surgery. And, uh, and then it took forever. It, I, I'm, I mean, I, I don't remember. It was like at least four months until the actual surgery happened. And, and uh, we're like, when is this going to be a thing? You know, we thought there was a, a, a time frame. I mean, I was ready to go to the hospital the next day, to be honest. And uh, yeah, it was, it was about four months later that uh, we actually had the surgery. That's so interesting because for living donors or live donors, have like a scheduled date for a surgery and for people who are on the transplant list it's the opposite where they just like randomly call us and like hey you're ready for a transplant like it's one of those things so yes. it's like the shock and surprise kind of goes away but you being there in that moment having that surgery did you get a chance to see Mimi afterwards and like what was that experience like just seeing her at post-surgery Oh, post-surgery. Yes. Well, I, I guess I could go through. So it was interesting because they had us in, in the surge, surgery prep rooms, adjacent, adjacent surgery prep rooms uh, before the surgery. And so I got to see her right beforehand. Uh, we were both excited. Um, I honestly, for whatever reason, I wasn't nervous at all. I just, I was just happy to get it going. Uh, so was she. <laughs> so is that was fantastic you know um then of course there's a blank spot where you have the surgery and uh and uh so pretty soon after they did let they kind of wheeled me in and and to see her uh as as they they had warned me she felt better than i did <laughs> you know i i, I am <laughs> i now have less filtering and 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 was feeling fine before i went in and she was feeling terrible and now is her, you know, uh, the, you know, they said that the kidney kicks in immediately when it's hooked yep. up. Yeah. And, uh, and so she, she was feeling pretty darn good. I mean, we both had had abdominal surgery, so it was a little painful, but um, it was, yeah, we, it was great. It was great to see her doing well. And that was, it made me feel really good about that. And, and it, I, I was immediately uh, glad I did it. That's amazing. Um, I know. Yeah. Um, um, same thing as uh, you and Mimi. I instantly felt better. I wanted to eat uh, immediately. Like my uh, my appetite came back tenfold. Um, but I, they recommended just to have ice chips for the first day or two. Yes. Um, uh. I remember my brother felt completely different. Um, he was in a lot more pain, or just was going through um, a more difficult time. Like just um, like withdrawn. Um, and I would just had this burst of energy. I remember. Um, so that that brings back memories as you're saying that um but how was how was recovery for you um initially like those first I know those first couple weeks months just thinking through yeah first couple weeks months gradually how did recovery go for you um so I I was only in the hospital post-surgery I think four days uh and that was 
basically until you're because they have to go in and, and mess with your bowels five days mm. my wife reminded me five days excuse me uh i think the first day was pretty sleepy um <laughs> but um uh the first three days i you can only have ice chips uh but honestly you're not overly hung at least i wasn't overly hungry i i thought um it really didn't bother me um yeah. and uh so immediately after i uh you know, you're, you're kind of on some pain meds. So I slept quite a bit, uh, but unfortunately pain meds, morphine, morphines make me very itchy. So I, I kind of get off those as soon as possible. Um, and uh, so after three days, I was pretty much ready for a sandwich. They kind of have to wait for your bowels to start working again. Once oh my that God. Sorry. Yeah. I have to say that because like they didn't let me, they didn't discharge me from the hospital until I had a bowel movement. <laughs> exactly. That's it's the same. So it's it's yes, it's the absolute same for a donor. Okay, They're like, okay. nope, nope. Until you you can do that, then you're you know, yeah. yeah. And, and it was no food and no water. Honestly, they said you can have ice chips, but they said you don't want yeah. anything until you can do that. You don't want anything backing up anywhere, and you which is true. You don't. Um, <laughs> it just it wasn't as you know. I, I, it was uh, absolutely one of those things. I was very happy. I was like, oh, I can have a sandwich. You yeah. Know? <laughs> And uh, it was it was pretty soon after that that they discharged me. They said, you're doing good. They had me up and walking around, you know, within 24 hours of the surgery slowly. But, you know, just kind of get get things moving uh, for my legs and things. So I don't get blood clots, which I think is fantastic. I think that happens with a lot of people in surgery. Um, but then uh, they sent me home and said, take it super easy. I had taken a full month off work. So that was helpful. I didn't have to I didn't have anything pressing. Uh, but unfortunately about 24 hours after I got home, I started getting real bad abdominal cramps. Uh, and, uh, that lasted for about three days. We, it was bad enough. I called in and they, after a, a few questions, they said, we think you've got the stomach flu. <laughs> and so I managed with, with stitches and everything else, I was, uh, vomiting, uh, and and just had real bad abdominal cramps for about three days we we still don't really know what that was about but it eventually went away so that was the worst part of my recovery to be honest after that it was just kind of taking it easy and letting myself heal that's so interesting as you're saying that because my brother um had it rough um that that first week at least first week and a half um mm -hmm. He was vomiting a lot and was in a lot of pain didn't want to eat wasn't hungry um and yeah, bowel movements are really difficult for him as well. I just had the complete opposite experience. I was just having like, the best time of my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he, he had it rough. Um, yeah, so that's just interesting um, hearing. I think you're the first donor I'm speaking to. So just seeing a lot of similarities, um, well, except my brother, of course. So I'm just seeing a lot of similarities um, as you're sharing your story. So um, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, it was, it, you know, and, and I have to be honest, it was, it was all very worth it. It's one of my favorite things I've ever done. Um, it was, you know, even at the time, I, I, I never regretted it. Uh, I, I just kind of wish that wasn't happening. I, I don't know why that's the case. I think it's just, I felt when I, when I was feeling kind of sick and, and just not right, I thought, is this what Mimi has been going through? for years. Mm. Oh, wow. You know, I yeah. thought, I thought maybe, 
you know, I was just taking some of that pain off of her, even though it was only temporary for me. I couldn't imagine being like that on a constant basis. And, right. and she, she, you know, she says, yeah, that was kind of what it was like being her all the time. That's beautiful. But empathetic of you just to try to put yourself in her shoes um, in those rough moments, um, those first few days. Um, after that, I think you mentioned there was no complications um, after or I know those first couple of months you were on certain medications, but are there any, um, were there any specific medications that you're on? No, um, actually I was on, uh, they sent me home with some pain pills, but like I said, I don't really agree right. with them. So, uh, you, you know, they, they basically tell you don't take ibuprofen cause that's not real good for your kidney. No. And, uh, so exactly. I'm sure you guys are the same way, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah. so they, you know, they said, well, if you don't want to take these, these medications, the morphine ones, uh, you know, Tylenol and rest. And that's pretty much what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, just, kind of relaxed and and uh it was okay but uh, you know my long i have no long-term effects that i can tell you um honestly you can barely see my scars uh which aren't very big anyway and yeah. uh after this amount of time after seven years uh, most people don't even notice them and uh and uh i don't I, i'm at 100 capacity at work um i you know i just don't take ibuprofen and and anything else that might damage my existing kidney and everything seems to be good i play hockey um weekly and you know so i i think that's that's pretty incredible i and i got back to hockey they said probably i'd take a few months off from that so i think i took three months off of hockey (laughs) but (laughs) yeah you got to be careful with impacts i'm sure yeah yeah there's a lot of information that i want to kind of ask you about so with with you mentioned the medications. It seems like post post surgery that now that you have this one kidney, is there kind of like a strategy in regard to your medical team of just making sure that this kidney doesn't get affected? So is that why they say avoid ibuprofen or avoid certain drugs or avoid certain things that could like potentially harm this one kidney that you have? Yeah, you know the list that they gave me, and there's really not a long term strategy after after about two okay. years. They said, you know, just normal checkups with your doctor. Make sure you let your normal doctor know what's happened so they can be on the lookout for certain things, you know. Um, and really after that, they had a, a, the list of three things that I remember. Be very, they said, you know, it, be very careful with ibuprofen. Don't take a lot of ibuprofen. Um, I just yeah. pretty much don't take it at all. Um, and or, or Motrin, you know, anything with yeah. ibuprofen in it. Um, you know, they said, don't get diabetes, <laughs> you know, or high it's not good for yeah. you. It's not good for your kidney and, and, and don't be overweight. And primarily the reason you don't want to be way overweight is because I can give you diabetes. So, yeah. um, you know, I've had to, to you know, and, and I've gone up and down with my weight a little bit, but you know, uh, you know, and, and that has, and yes, and that's also for blood pressure. They said, watch your blood pressure. And that's been kind of the harder thing for me was, is just make sure I keep maintain my blood pressure. So I've, you know, I try to stay in as shape, good a shape as I can, uh, which my job appreciates anyway. But, uh, um, you know, and uh, try not to get uh, diabetes or get way overweight. Uh, so far, I mean, it's been good motivation to do so. <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to stay in line. It seems like that's accountability for you in a very, yeah. <laughs> a yeah. very strict uh, accountability 
uh, strategy there. Um, with the scars that you mentioned, I'm not familiar at all. So I'm really curious to know, like, did they kind of explain what that procedure would be like, where you would have your scars and all of that? And if you can kind of go into that whole process. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The hospital was super informative before I went in. They, they, they let, they told me exactly where the scars were. And so my, my scars look like a, like a question mark around my belly button. Uh, that's the bigger one. That's where they actually had to physically go in and take out the kidney. And then I have a, a small incision on either side where they put the scopes, you know, uh, because it's laparoscopic, they, they put those in. So two little ones on my sides and one little, uh, uh, question mark around my belly button they were very informative about what that was going to look like you know i'm i'm, I'm not really a uh, a model so i wasn't super concerned about it but they were uh, you know <laughs> uh they they were very informative about that they you know um about any risk factors i i had they wanted me to to know exactly what was going on and and as far as also being very concerned about uh you know that I was going to be on some morphine products and, and they didn't want that to become an issue either. So they, we went through a whole battery of questions and concerns about that, which I think is fantastic. Uh, I do appreciate how detailed and how, how serious they take the process. Um, I even do recall that they, the team that I had pre-transplant was completely separate from my brothers and there was no mixing of information just to, 100% ensure that my brother wasn't being affected um, or being influenced um, in making the, um, his own decision. So um, it's really interesting. And I wonder, um, just because I know you had you had your um, surgery in the United States, I'm just curious um, to hear how other um, procedures and transplants happen in different countries. Because um, your story is quite similar to, to my brother's and I just wonder how experiences are for other donors out there in um in different countries i'm sure it's a little bit different hopefully not so much um but just yeah. going off of um, i know you said that donating was you know one of the best things um you've done with your life um is that something that you quite uh, visit often is it does it hold a special place in your life where you know every march 13th of um of, of every year you'd look back at that moment and has you know has it changed the way you look at life you know it has uh, you know it's something that i feel like as as a donor and i i know a couple other donors um now and uh, uh i didn't before so I had nobody really to talk to about like what that might be like. And that's why I always try to be very open with anybody who asks me about it. Um, but, uh, you know, it just kind of, it, it is a concrete thing that you can say it is accomplishment, something that you, I feel like I can, I can be proud of if, if nothing else has gone right, which is not true, but, um, that's something that I feel like I can be proud that, that, uh, I was willing to do. And, uh, that, that's good. It, 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 it's a great feeling. Um, you know, it's, there's a lot of people understand that it's, it's a difficult decision and it's a difficult surgery. Uh, and, and, and by and large, people are very gracious about it. Uh, you know, it, when it really came down to it for me, it was, it was simply about, uh, helping out a friend. Uh, helping somebody 
and and I was I was absolutely you know they said if you're not a match would you be willing to do reciprocal uh, donations I said sure which is a fantastic program where I would donate to somebody else and then their donee would their donor would donate to Mimi I I said absolutely I would do that uh, that happened to not be the case Mimi and I were a fine match and and we're able to go forward with it but it uh, you know it 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 get, it's an amazing sense of accomplishment. That's amazing. Um, that's really beautiful and absolutely agree. Um, I think my brother feels the same way. <laughs> I'm kidding. He does too. Almost um, every donor I know does. Yes. <laughs> yes I, I, yeah. I, like I said, I know a couple others and they feel the exact same way. And, yeah, and, and absolutely. they both say, you know, it's one of the best things I've ever done as well. Especially like you said, those like first few moments um, post-surgery and you just see the immediate impact of of your act of kindness, you know, and just seeing how like instantaneously, you know, your gift is helping someone else. Um, I mean, that's just incredible just to see that um, just immediately. So, um, and yes. I know you mentioned um, that you went back to work um, a month after, so you had um, some time off. Uh-huh. How was, um, and I know you've talked a little bit about how, work has been like after trans um after donation but um was there any did it um did that change your career in any way or um how did you feel like you had to have certain conversations with your colleagues or your boss um how did that go did you sort of did you you know share what you were going through with them um you know, because it had, you know, I, there were times when I had to take a little bit of time off to go in to do some of my tests, you know, all of my, my, my colleagues and, and bosses were, were very aware of what I was doing. Um, they were supportive of it. Uh, you know, uh, being at, at that time, and I was an arson investigator. I am again now. Uh, I, I, uh, they, only have so much coverage for a large city like this. So their, their biggest concern was when is it going to happen? So they could schedule it, you know, (laughs) they, they, Mm -hmm. they were very supportive of everything was going on, you know, but they, they just had practical concerns. Um, I, you know, I was as honest with them. I said, well, as soon as I know, you'll know, you'll be the first people to know. And, and as long as I was open and honest with them, they were great about it. Um, My, my colleagues were, we're really good about, you know, cause even after a month, you know, I'm, I'm not on, on full, full lifting capabilities. And, uh, they were very helpful about just helping me out for just, but it wasn't for very long. I was, I was probably in full swing within two months and I could do everything. So it was, it was good. And now I'd say it doesn't affect my career at all. I, you know, most people don't even know <laughs> that I've done it. Right. Wow. As, you know, an organ donor, kidney donor, what advice would you give to like um, an, another who is interested in organ donation? Like what, maybe what advice would you give to them? What, you know, what concerns would you bring up to them? Okay, uh, absolutely. It's, and I've had a couple of people uh, ask me who, who've been interested. Uh, the first thing I tell them is, is that, as I told you, it's one of my favorite things I've done in my life. Um, I don't regret it. Um, I, I just let them, I give them the very specific breakdown of, of what has, what 
the surgery entails, that it's, it is a long process. There's x-rays and, and a lot of blood tubes and, and, and peeing in jars. Well, not jars, but a jug, you know, they, they, I, I, you know, cause they're always checking your kidney function. They are, you know, they're always asking you to pee in something. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I said, so, you know, it is, it is a bit invasive into your life at the beginning, especially for the testing. The testing process is rigorous because they want to make sure you're going to be okay. It's, you know, everybody thinks it's to make sure you're a match. They, they've determined that very early on, whether you're some uh, match. It's, uh, it's to make sure that you're going to be okay and that they're very serious about that. But, um, you know, by and large, uh, donors, my understanding is donors have a better life expense expectancy than if than non-donors because they've already found out that you're a very healthy person and so it doesn't it doesn't decrease your life expectancy at all um and that's great you can live just fine on one kidney uh they they told me my kidney my existing kidney went to 85 percent capacity from where it was before so it was i dropped down to 50 percent immediately post-surgery uh and it was very quick. It went up to 85% capacity. Um, and uh, it was great to, to be able to just go, oh, okay, this, I feel good now. Um, and I tell them that I don't have any lasting effects. And, you know, I give the list of don't get high blood pressure. Don't do, you know, use a lot of ibuprofen. Don't get overweight. And uh, that's about the only restrictions I have. And uh, so I, I encourage people if it's something that's in their heart uh, to pursue, even if they don't have a friend. I, I think stranger, you know, donations are, are an amazing thing, you know. Uh, what an incredible gift to give somebody you don't even know. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Um, like you said, um, just the recommendations that they give you post-surgery is, is really um, recommendations that all doctors give everyone just maintain a healthy lifestyle you know avoid you know try to be active eat healthy um you know trying not to get diabetes or increase your blood pressure maintain your weight so um life post-surgery isn't that different it, if anything it just makes you appreciate life even more and you know makes you keep a closer eye on your health than maybe that maybe you wouldn't have, you know, before surgery. Yes, it absolutely does. And like you said, that's, yes, it's, it's good, healthy, practical lifestyle changes sometimes for some people, you know, but just something to do, it gives me a motivation to do that. And it's, and it's amazing. And it's, it's great to see Mimi. I see her on our donation anniversary every year we go out to dinner. Uh, it's great that's to see beautiful. her doing great. Uh, she's, she, her, you know, her creatinine levels are better than mine. I, I always tell her that I gave her the good kidney. Uh, <laughs> but mine are fine. It's, I mean, mine are well within tolerances that they're, they're doing very well too, but, uh, you know, it, it's, an, it's so good to see her up and around and as, as you guys have already talked to her about, she's a, she's a great lady and, and I'm super happy to have her in my life. And now we have a special bond. Yeah. A lifelong bond. Um, and yeah. both very inspirational and, um, just so grateful that we had a chance to have you both on this podcast um, to share your um, your experiences. So thank you so much, Leif, for 
being honest with us um, and sharing your experience and your journey, um, you know, the highs and lows. And um, we, I'm just very confident that your story will inspire um, more. And, um, and I know that's, you know, that's the intention to share your story and um, to inspire um, more people to donate um, if they can, if it's in their heart, like you said. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your Sunday.